How's everybody doing? Good to see you today. Listening to the music, I and just recognizing the enormity and the importance of relationships. I just believe the Holy Spirit is going to do a work in this space while we're here. Maybe unexpected for some of us. So, I ask you, will you hold your hands and hearts out in that way as we talk about these things that are vitally important and how we engage in crucial and hard conversations? Yeah. We can laugh about it, and we will, about some of the things, but folks, this is, this is, this is the stuff that makes people different at school, at home, in the workplace, in our communities. And God wants us, you, to be a people that stand out, that will say we are not going to walk away from the funk of hard relationships. Before we go any further, though, I would like to just say something related to our affirmation vote today. Uh, Casey is joining a group of like six other people across Journey campuses who are bivocational and have been called up out of the, out of the congregation. And uh, Sherry Zerker is one of those who was attending here and a teacher. And the Spirit of God called her. And uh, we are the benefit. We benefit from that. Thank you, Sherry. And we have... Um, Zach Badson up at McPherson, and we have <clears throat> Dale Kaufman, Judy Miller, and Phil Kaufman, and Mark Horst uh, down at Yoder. And so this is God at work. And so, uh, yeah, thank you all for praying in that way. <clears throat> We're in a series entitled uh, Pledge. It's not a furniture polish, by the way. It's an acronym, Okay. It's an acronym that stands for um, to pause in relationships, to listen, to echo, to disarm, give, and engage. And we believe that relationships are important to God. God created us to be in relationships because God's a relational God. Or he wouldn't have sent Jesus to show us the best possible way to live and love. And and these relationships are incredibly impacted this way. And if I would ask you the question, have, are, have you ever had hard conversation, hard relationships? And maybe the other question you can just ponder on your own, are there hard conversations right now that need to happen and you don't have to raise your hand at all? And some, I would expect that there's a percentage of us that are right smack dab in the middle of something that somebody needs to step into and we're just not sure what to do about that. But I think... What we're learning together will help us because it helps us in managing uh, marriage and family and school and work and uh, in the church and in our neighborhoods. And we heard earlier in the teachings a couple weeks ago that in our humanness, there's three ways that we usually respond to tough conversations. We can avoid them. I'm just running. I'm not even going to attend the same service from those people. Yeah. 
well, I want to push it under the rug, except it doesn't stay there. Because when the heat comes back up, you know what usually happens? Somebody says, and the last time, yeah, or you always do, that's a sign of being under the rug. The second one is exploding. Yeah, ever seen anybody explode in anger in conversation? Yeah. Have you ever exploded? <laughs> yeah. And you say, where did that stuff come from inside of me? It's like, that wasn't really me. How did I get there? And we wonder how we got to the place that what spewed out of us. And it's like, once it's out. And by the way, especially in technology. Don't try to have crucial conversations in tech, with technology, by the way. Our culture is, in, we're just inundated with these glowing rectangles. All of us have them. We use them all the time. So do I. But we can have good conversations about, are you, are you coming? Are you here on time? Are we going to school? What time are you going to be there? Bring the groceries. How's work going? All these other kind of things. They're kind of two-dimensional. But we cannot have face-to-face conversations where we're going to look the person in the eye and we're going to have deep conversation. It's not going to happen on here, except we're trying to use it that way. And I would just hold that out to us. Last week, Eric talked about, too, that um, <clears throat> in tough conversations, um, we're to, if we take a pause, just stop it. When the amperage gets up, if somebody will just step back, could we just pause for a little bit? Yeah. Just stop. I think that's really important. Crucial Conversations is a book I have in my office and said, how do we talk when the stakes are high? Eric talked a little bit last Sunday about how do we, what happens inside our brain and, and uh, Crucial Conversations writer has another kind of take on what happens inside physiologically in our nervous system and in our circulatory system when uh, the amperage goes up in conversations. The hair on the back of your neck, and I'm going to read it, Begin to stand up. Well, that's not so bad, but our body does more things than that. Two little tiny organs that settle like on the top of our kidneys back here, they begin to just pump adrenaline into into our bloodstream. And you and I don't choose when that happens. The adrenal gland does because it gets signals from the nervous system that we're in danger and we need to fight or flight or do something, okay? And when that happens, when everything like that escalates, the blood gets diverted from a high-level rational reasoning part of our brain to our legs for running and our arms for throwing. And then the writer goes on. And we end up facing challenging conversations with the same intellectual equipment as a monkey. It's humorous, kind of, isn't it? It's like... But how many of us have been in those hard, hard conversations where somebody blew up or we blew up, and we're just like, that was not my brightest light right there. That wasn't my best moment. And none of us want to be remembered for that, our worst moments. And this is where I think uh, we step into these conversations when we can pause and pray to God and say, help me, God, to recognize the person I'm in conflict with is created in the image of God, too. But right now, I don't like them and they don't like me. And how can we step in and maybe <clears throat> pivot and shift and remember they're not my enemy. This is a person that I really like. These are my parents. This is a classmate. This is a work associate. 
that I really like them, but right now I don't. So how do we get past that without, the, without just avoiding, without you know, exploding, or without the third way of just telling everybody else about it to create a team on my side? That's the third way that we kind of naturally go after things. So what does it look like to actively listen? What does that really mean, to listen well? Recognize that being, if you have your outline out, you can follow along with it. Being in relationship, my friends, if you remember nothing else this morning, being in relationships and staying in relationship is more important than being right. But Howard, I know I'm right. (laughs) I just know I'm right. And if I could just say it louder, they'll get it. Well, just ride that pony as long as you can. (laughs) It's probably not going to go so well. It's just probably not going to go so well. Megan Briggs writes in an article, it's called Leaders Post this past week, and said oftentimes uh, in Western culture we try to think that um, because we have two ears and we can hear lots of things, that, that we can saturate the airways with headlines, texts, hashtags, posts, earbuds, and tweets. We're swimming in a sea of words while listening to very few of them. And research indicates we, we listen more than any other communicating activity. However, the research also says in the Western culture, most, of, most general population of us, not us, we listen poorly. And what does the Bible tell us about listening well? I want to back into an Old Testament scripture, Deuteronomy chapter 6. It's 4 to 9 in the Red Bibles. It's page 166 and 7. It's not in your outline. And this, this text is called, for the Jewish people, every morning they would get up and recite this text. And it's called the Shema. Will you say Shema? Shema. Yeah. And it means to listen and to reflect and to take action. Yeah, okay, that's what it means. And here's the words. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with your heart, with your soul, and with your strength. These commandments I give you today are upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk down the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Put them on your foreheads. Uh, write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. And then Jesus in the New Testament, when he's asked which is the most important commandments, he states this. Love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And love your who? Your neighbor. That, that, that reflects... That family member that I can't get along with, school associate, work associate, uh, neighbor, or church member. That would be the neighbor here. Yeah. That Jesus says, love them as we love ourselves. Proverbs says, we, are, we have ears that hear and eyes to see, and the God of heaven made it all. Yeah, made them both. To pay attention, to listen, to focus on, on this and respond to what we're hearing. Anyone who has ears to hear should listen to understand. Why, uh, why has the conversation... We have to ask ourselves in tough conversation, so why is this triggering me? Why do I just feel... I get anxious and feel my hair, my arms, or neck. Just, and I, I get, ang- get sweaty. It's like, what's happening internally? What's going on? When stepping back with a pause to recognize that all of us are created uniquely and differently. It's not one of us in this room that has the same wiring pattern. No. And based on our wiring patterns, we are going to, we are going to respond to things differently. 
and um, personality types. We have different reasons to pause because if you're an extrovert, like you might want to just settle things now and you want to jump in. And if I just give them the boatload, then they're going to come my way. And the other person on the other end might be an introvert and say, I need to just step back. But in the end, they're going to passively, aggressively own the end thing anyway. But they're just going to come in the back door. Both of those are unhealthy, my friends. Yeah. And uh, honesty, openness, stepping back. And number one in your outline when we listen well is to learn more about the other person's perspective. How do we learn from the other person's perspective? We have to pause and let that blood flow back into our relational, rational mind from our legs for running and arms for throwing or whatever we do when we're off the chart a little bit. Uh, Even when our humanist wants to declare, defend, if I would just give him this statement... It would just solve everything. Our perspectives are really important, but if we're doing the active listening, here's a time when we put our stuff on the shelf for a little bit and we look the person in the eyes and, and we just give them our turn to say, I want to hear you out. Yeah, I want to listen. I want to learn more. And Proverbs says, let the, let the wise listen and add to their learning. Did you hear that? Let the wise listen and add to the learning. Hmm. No, I'm just going to talk louder and I'm going to add to their learning. No, that's not the way it reads. No, no, no. Yeah. So there's a deep stuff inside of us that makes this difficult. It really does. Harvard Business Review says that in a multicultural kind of world that we live in, while we hear more things today and we're overloaded with information, they would say that the average person remembers about 25 to 50% of what we hear. Now, it's not because we can't get better at it. And their suggestion would be when the amperage is down and things are going well, even in regular conversations, even today, after, after we're done here, when we go out to eat or when we're with people in overcome. Just practice dialing in and listening well and asking good conversations, learning, uh, learning to le- learn more about the person, discover really who they really are. Because they would say in the workplace, in the school, there's a lot of layers of things that separate us. Multicultural difference in our family. There's certainly generational differences. And uh, in the church, we have different sets of values. When we, when we personally bring in the neighborhood, we have age, culture, economic, and ethnic differences. And... Uh, And we have to sift through that and listen to learn and discover the other person's deep feelings and uh, deep thoughts. Wow. And then we can understand more. Proverbs 20, verse 3 said, Avoid a fight is a mark of honor. Only fools insist on quarreling. Those, uh, Those too lazy to plow in the right season, will have no food at harvest. The timing here, that worst would mean to know the timing when to step in and when not to step in will yield fruit rather than not. So timing is, is amazingly important. And, and uh, <clears throat> the godly walk with integrity in this. And blessed are the children who follow. So it's a great text for you to maybe read. So we've talked about some things here about the learning, the learning, discovering, to understand inactive listening. Uh, 
really important here. But I'm going to run a clip for you that from a TV show that all of, many of you will know about. And I want you to listen um, with the ear on how this family little group is doing a good job in active listening and giving appropriate feedback. Run the clip. Why did you do this, Allie? This is terrible. Oh, great. <laughs> this is Michael's giraffe. He's crying now. Why did you do this? Cause. Cause is not an answer. Active listening. Ray, that doesn't work. It works. I just use it on the worst kids in the neighborhood. Would you look at this? Look at this. Look what she just did. try it. Try it. No, Ray. I'll do it. You want me to do it? No, I'll do no, it. no, no, no. <laughs> Okay. Allie, let's talk about what you did. I don't want to talk. Are you feeling angry? Reflect back. You're, you're angry? Yes. Okay. But it's not okay to rip up toys when we're angry. Ah, uh, 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 judgmental. <laughs> you are angry because... Um... Because it used to be your toy. Oh. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't like Michael and Jeffrey. I see, I see. You think that um, Mommy and Daddy pay too much attention to Michael and Jeffrey. Right, okay, I was handling this. They get everything. Right, and you're upset because we gave them your old giraffe. I still liked it. But you weren't playing with it. But that doesn't matter, though, because <laughs> it was still yours. And you're mad because we gave it to Michael without asking you, right? Right. Well, uh, Mommy and Daddy made a mistake. And, and everybody makes mistakes, right, Mommy? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you feel better now, Allie? Yes, can I have the giraffe? Well, it's broken, honey. I know, I want to try to fix it for Michael. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you, Daddy. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah, yeah. Can't believe it. It's pretty amazing. Oh. You did it. Anything else you need taken care of while I'm around here? <laughs> no. What? What's the matter? <laughs> Nothing with you, obviously. Don't go by me. I'm a natural. <laughs> Where are you getting? Oh, ugh. <laughs> oh, oh, act so proud of yourself. Listen, if I hadn't dragged you to that stupid class, you'd still be standing there going, hey, no TV. You're feeling inadequate because I mastered it before you. Oh, don't give me that active listening crap. Where do you get off listening to me? <laughs> Never happened again. <laughs> so, we could spend a little time pulling that apart, couldn't we? How not to listen, how to jump in at the wrong timing. It's interesting, isn't it? Like jumping, it's a great example. Uh, if you want to run that little clip again, if you get online and just type in humorous clips about active listening, you can. Have fun with it with your family and talk through it. And I would encourage that even because sometimes if we watch something like that that's so far off the chart from where maybe real life is, or maybe it isn't. Maybe it's right on, you all. To go back and listen to that with your family or friends or work associates and just say, 
So how can we, what can we learn here from that? How do we learn and discover and understand uh, more about the other person and raise them in high value? The second part of the morning is looking at how do we echo back what we have heard? Actively listen, dialing in, and then echoing back. Because it's in the echoing back or giving feedback that the person who's speaking then can, uh, can be acknowledged that we have actually heard what they have said. And have you ever been in an auditorium or like a canyon or a cave where it just echoes? You go, hey, woo, 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 it just keeps going, yeah. We, we've, you've experienced that probably sometime. Um, <clears throat> when something is said... And when it's put out, and, there's, and I'm going to share, the, share this in the caution of technology. When something is said on the airwaves, my friends, the echo just keeps on going because there's no wall. And that's why companies today, being aware of that's important. Companies today who are hiring people, sometimes they'll use your name and mine and type them in and to see how we're doing and what we're putting out there related to interpersonal relationships. And I may get hired or not based on what I, how, I have, how I have uh, put stuff out on the airwaves. Wow. Scripture that might help us in listening. Um, Paul wrote a letter to the church in Philippi. It's called Philippians, the church in Philippi, name of the town. He's in prison, he's, and he's helped start the church, but he has listened to and observed that not everything's going well there. And uh, so he's echoing back what he's observed in this, in this text. And so when we think of echoing back, here's what he's doing. gives us a little bit of a backdrop for how um, we might be kind of a background for the things we want to look at uh, related to how to put, put it, make it practical. He says, if you have any encouragement from being united in Christ, if you have any comfort from God's love, any fellowship from the Holy Spirit, any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. Have the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Don't be clones because we're not but one in spirit based on the love of God through Jesus. Yes, that's possible. Verse 3 and 4, don't let, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. How we doing? (laughs) Yeah, verse 4, each of you should look not to just your own interests, but to the interests of others. Like I said earlier, our perspective in any relational conversation when the amperage is up and there's disagreement is, is valuable. But if we're going to have active listening and we're going to echo back, somebody has to start that. And we may have to put our stuff, our perspective on the shelf for a little bit. At about 90% rate or more, once we have listened well and the other person feels valued, they're going to come back at us and say, well, now are we okay? And they're going to say, well, I'd like to hear your perspective. And if they don't, and if the blood pressure is a 98, whatever our normal body uh, uh, temperature is, we might just say, you know what, would it be okay if I'd offered a perspective here? And most of the time, people say, well, sure, sure. Paul had been watching this group who had started this new church, and it was as diverse a group as we are sitting here. Different backgrounds, different perspectives, different families. We come from different even little communities and neighborhoods. Uh, and to be one in Christ, it's an incredible, miraculous thing when that happens. 
And, uh, and so to begin to say, well, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that I like that person and I tell somebody else about that. There were factions going on in the church Paul talks about here, creating like there were impure motives. Uh, groups of people had gotten, you know, were kind of a get, set up sides against others. Uh, and uh, Paul says genuine humility is a healthy respect for God and a healthy respect for the people around us. It's loving God and loving our neighbors. <clears throat> but sometimes we, are, we, we, we get caught in our own perspective and we can't let go of that. It's just hard for us to let go. How can we do that with common respect and with tenderness and compassion regarding others equal? And no, this doesn't even say equal as ourselves. He says better than ourselves. I'm better than them. Come on. Yeah. If they just listen to me. Paul says a selfless attitude links us, our selfless attitude, and always the check mark would be, how well am I linked to the Jesus of the cross who gave everything for every single one of us? Showed us the best possible, demonstrated for us the best possible way to live in love. How well am I linked there? That's the most important thing. Because that was the true example of humility and compassion for all humanity. And to show tenderness and compassion. Just let the amperage come down. And have that kind of an attitude. Four reasons in your outline that I think are important for us to echo back. And the first one is, it allows us, the speaker... The person who is speaking to us, and we're doing the listening, uh, to know that, that they're being heard correctly. Kathy says something, and if I'm actively listening, I'm going I'm to reflect, echo back to her, this is what I heard you say. And she's going to say, yeah, but you missed that little part. It's really important to check that. You know why? Because if we're only 1% off and we continue the conversations, if, you're, if an airplane is 1% off when it leaves the Atlanta airport, do you think it will get to Chicago? No. It'll end up in Denmark. Because <laughs> the further out there it gets, the further off we'll be. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? The second thing is that it allows us, the speaker to know if the listener has heard us correctly. So if I'm giving the feedback, I'm, and, or she's, I'm giving her the feedback, uh, allows her to know, yeah, how are you? I, you're right. Okay, we can move on here. The third thing, um, but step back a little bit. Over 50% of our communication is nonverbal. No nonverbal communication applies on tech, with technology. It doesn't, it's not there. So if 50 to 60% of our communication is nonverbal, eyeball to eyeball, facial expressions, uh, so on. Yeah, when Kathy said, I'd like to have a conversation. Well, okay. Speak. That That sends a message pretty quickly, doesn't it? Or I can say, Kathy, I want to listen and make sure I've heard everything you've said. Open my hands, eyeball to eyeball, voice calm. It invites the response. Now, some of us with personality wirings, it's very different for us too because some of us that are extroverted like me, it's hard for me to stay focused. 
Thursday, we're talking about these things in the morning. And we're sitting t- together, kind of having a cup of coffee. And I'm just, we're just talking. I'm just sharing a little bit with Kathy about these, what I was going to talk about today. And um, right while we're talking, when I looked like this out our west window, just past her head, I could see 96 Highway a half mile out there. And three Amish tractors went by while we were talking. So was I actively listening? Maybe. I got most of it. But I, I realize that it's hard for me. And some of you out there would say, yeah, Howard, you don't pay attention very much in conversation. You don't listen well. I've heard that from some of you, and I am sorry. And some of you are wired that way because you're grinning. Because it's hard for us. And so we have to give each other kind of patience. And maybe you need to grab me by the arm sometimes. Howard, I'm still talking to you. It's okay. It's okay. Because I want to. And we want to be in those kind of conversations. So it's really important. Third thing, it forces a listener to shift the focus off of ourself to the other person and to the one speaking. Like I said before, we may have to put our perspective on the shelf momentarily for an hour or a day. But we have to come back to it for us to have equal resolve, equal listening equal input. That's going to be really important. The last thing is that it encourages both parties to slow the conversation down. To echo back is to slow the conversation down. If nobody's listening, it can just go amperage to the top and people walk away shouting at each other or just completely quiet or telling others about it and nothing gets resolved, my friends. There are enough conversations unresolved in our communities That if there's ever a time, my friends, for the church of Jesus Christ to stand up and be confident and hold our hearts out to people and actively listen and respond back well, it is now. If I was in a Pentecostal church, what they do, they'd say amen. Yeah. I believe that with all that's in me. Have I missed some conversations? Have I had to go back and say, I'm sorry? Yes. And I will continue to. And that's also part of, I, of being Christ-like. It's not, oh, if I'm Christ-like, I'm never going to be in tough com- conversation and we're going to be in conflict. No, we're still going to be in conflict because it's a given because as long as we're breathing, we're going to be in it. But it's when to know to go back and say, can I start that over? That wasn't my best day or moment or response. That says a lot about the integrity and how solid I am in my relationship with the God of heaven through Jesus. Does that make sense? A couple things for us to think about as we listen to Paul talking. He says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Think of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your interests, but look at the interests of others. Okay, practical things. Application. 2D and 3D communication. 2D communication is what we do on this thing. You cannot see, you cannot engage in feeling conversation and really have, you can't have eyeball to eyeball. You can't. It's 2D. I sent Gary Pauls a text and I said, Gary, can we meet for lunch? He sends a text back and says, yes. There's, There's no eyeball conversation here at all. We have a lot of conversations like that in our tech centered world. We're trying though to use a 2D means to communicate in a 3D way, which is face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball, with feelings 
and with real care for the other person. And folks, it can't happen on here. And we're creating a culture in some ways where we're trying to do that. And then we have things that, we, that, that get thrown out there that we wish weren't there that just keep on going. Yeah. So being aware of two-dimensional, which is just like technical answers, yes and no, and three-dimensional conversations, which really, could we set a time to sit down and have a conversation? And I want to hear from you. And I want to listen well. And I'm going to try to give feedback and echo back what I hear. And you tell me if I'm right. Because in our hearts, we have to know, in our head and our heart, that the person I'm talking to that we have got differences with is created in the image of God, and they're not my enemy. For sure. Yeah. So... 3D and 3 personality makes a difference. And I said a little bit, extroverts want to just jump in and get it solved sometimes. Introverts, they become more passive-aggressive. Yeah, we can get it solved, but I really have the answer. I'll, man I'll, I'll manipulate it behind the scenes. Neither of those ways of doing things are, are healthy ways of managing our differences at all. We can, with work, introverts and extroverts and all the other kind of personality uh, differences we have, we can, find true, we can find true resolution when we will pause, when we will listen, and when we will echo back. We'll hear more uh, later on in this series about more of those things. And then the last thing, beware of the, again, I've, I've talked a little bit, beware of the internet echo and ripples. Once we put stuff out there, folks, it just keeps going. And would you like to have the things that you've said on the internet or on Facebook replayed here on the screen this morning? That's a pretty good test. Some people are chuckling, which tells me maybe not. So just be aware of that. Yeah, be aware of it. And I want to just close by saying, as I begin... If you're in a place where there's hard conversations that need to happen and they're difficult and you haven't had, you've maybe tried and it's failed, talk to Pastor Eric, come to me. We are not perfect and we will not do it perfectly, but sometimes we need help. A third party that's not in the middle of it to help us. Kathy and I have had to have that. And so... Wise are the people to know to step into conversations and, and, and invite people or somebody to come help us manage. I want to close with two verses from James. Follow along and listen. Dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For a person's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Our anger will never bring about what God's purpose is for you and I, which is to be in relationships. Where, now, I have to tell you also, there may be some people that we will never have perfect relationships with, but there's no reason that we should avoid them or explode to them or tell others about them. No, no. God, thanks uh, for being God and creating us as relational beings. Thanks for these stories in the text for Paul and for the Proverbs that help us to realize the importance of staying in relationships. And God, we're, all of us are swimming in relationships with our family, 
school associate, school in work, in the church and in our neighborhoods, in all of those areas. And may we be more aware. Holy Spirit, help us to be more aware of ways to step in rather than to step out. May we be known for a people that aren't afraid to step in, not to be right, but to recognize that being in relationship is more important than being right. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.